John Cusack lifts a boombox, Jason Statham shoots Crank, and Jerry Blank goes back to school. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to the Laser Time Network's Pop Culture Time Machine each week, taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years ago into the past uh, of movies, to TV, news, video games, all that goodness. Not a lot of heavy shit. Sometimes we have tragedies to speak about, uh, such as one we missed last week. Uh, Fabio got hit in the face by a goose. Uh, yeah. Really wish twenty. That's twenty years old. One of the greatest pictures of all time. So good. A very very pretty man hit in the face by nature. Yeah. Awesome. But yes, we will be talking about a ton of uh, pretty damn good movies. Mm-hmm. This might be the worst week ever for video games. Mm. And uh, two of my favorite shows to talk about. Um, and uh, again, apologies for the technical snafus last week. I'd like to think. Come on, we've had relatively few of those. I saw a couple complaints and like, God damn it, we put out like four shows a week and one segment of one of them got messed up for the first time in four years. Ooh. Anyway, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm Diana Goodman. Where's my strawberry tart? <laughs> it's me, Sarah. A boozer, a user, and a loser. She is all three of those things. <laughs> uh, uh, this is, this is going to be a good week. Oh, and if you're a patron supporting the Laser Time Network at uh, patreon.com slash laser time, Yes, this week you will be getting your comment show. The Listener Strike Back edition. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about the Baron Munchausen? I, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. We, we offer our patrons, the people who support us, keep us financed and up and running, especially during this difficult tax time. Uh, we give them an extra show every single month where they get to uh, deliver us information about some of the stuff we talk about. Because we, we're not experts on everything, just so you know. Mm. I'm going to say that up front. Especially with all these terrible movies we have to get through in the 1989 portion, but yes, we'll be taking <laughs> we will be taking you on a journey 30, mm-hmm. 20, and 10 years back in pop culture releases. That means 1989, 1999, and 2009, and we're talking about the window of April 12th to the 18th. Anyway, let's begin with a little bit of news. 1989, April 12th to the 18th, the Hillsborough disaster. That sounds like a Yikes. good Troy McClure movie. Oh gosh. I went on a deep dive on this one, and it just kept going. So folks in the UK have already heard a lot about this, and I'll explain why in a second. But uh, on April 15th, 1989, was the Hillsborough disaster, which was during an FA semi FA Cup semifinal. Uh, there was a crush of people in the crowd for a bunch of reasons that left 96 people dead and 766 injured. Holy That's shit, insane. I remember this. That is a nightmare. I, I somehow I don't know if I'd ever heard of this. I know there's another disaster where there was like a fire in the stands and that's really yeah. bad. But when I think of like crushing and trampling deaths, I think of there's a Who concert and that was like 11 dead. 96, 96. people mm-hmm. aged 10 to 65 <sighs> crushed or stampeded to death. Wow. Uh, the police oh immediately shifted blame onto the fans and said it was because of hooliganism and drinking. <laughs> And the cops backed him up on uh, this. I mean, the press backed up the cops and it became a whole thing. There was a series of inquests until the most recent one, which was in 2016, when the cops finally were, you know, said that there was police or the, the report finally said there was police negligence because they didn't address the crowd. They didn't let in ambulances. And oh, yeah, there was the massive design fall of flaw of funneling all the Liverpool fans through one entrance into standing room only chain link pens. Oh my god. Which they did not monitor to see if they were overfull. That is terrifying. Now the I've... reason that this is 
in the news is because six of the cops and authorities were charged back in 2017. And last week, one of them was found guilty. Wow. Wow. England finds their cops guilty of stuff. This guy wasn't even a cop. The main cop, uh, he mm-hmm. was like a mistrial or they just couldn't come to a judgment. He might be retried. Hmm. But wow. one official from the, I think the stadium, like faked some safety report or something. And he's mm. facing a fine. I mean, I think about, I've been to a fair amount of football games in my life. Mm-hmm. We've had like season tickets for like 10 years to FSU games. And I think about that all the time. Like when we're leaving the stands all at once and they're like kind mm-hmm. of steep. And all it takes for like is one person to fall down at the bottom of it and turn it into this giant nightmare oh, yeah, that you are describing right now. That's why most stadiums yeah. like have that ramp design so that yeah. no one's falling down yeah. these stairs. Yeah, and yeah, it's gotten a lot designs, better. And they have assigned seats. Right. They don't just, they, I mean, back then it was literally just, are you a Liverpool fan? You go over here and they will go through one gate, you know it. then funnel them into, like I said, they're fucking cages mm-hmm. because they were more worried about people rushing the field. Mm-hmm. And they weren't keeping track of how many people are in there. There's nowhere for them to go if it's over full and they're getting squeezed to death. It's terrifying. Okay. It's, yeah, I've, huh. I've been in giant crowds where there's that push and mm-hmm. you can't move. And, and it is, oh, God. Yeah. That's why I don't go to mosh pits anymore. That's why I don't go to shows anymore. It's yeah. so I'm lame. old. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, I'm pretty much done with that portion of my life. Yeah, been there, did it. Yeah. I'm good now. So maybe finally a tiny bit of justice for these folks. Yeah, I don't like having one person in front of me at the bar. I will yeah. literally go somewhere else. <laughs> but yes, bringing it into happier news, movies. Um, okay. I'm assuming we'll get this movie someday. Seems like something Ewan McGregor would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but mm-hmm. movies of 1989, April 12th to the 18th, Major League is still number one at the box office. And I say, yeah. good on it. Sure. Good on it. If you can get the, you can get that commentary by becoming a patron, lasertimepatreon.com, um, or you can get it on a la carte, I should say that, at uh, lasertime.bandcamp.com, where you can find individual commentaries that we've done for a lot of the films that we talked about. Uh, films we have... I, guess, I, hmm. I actually, Just for Major League, uh, with it being the anniversary, I just saw an article on a sports website that was talking about the best baseball movies of all time. Mm-hmm. They called Major League number one. Hmm. And they called two Kevin Costner movies, one that we've talked about and one that we will talk about, I think number two and three. Bull Durham and For Love of Game. No. Field of Dreams. Field of of Dreams. Damn it. Coming up. Yeah. Couple weeks. I didn't think Field of Dreams. Yeah. Um, I'm an eight minute. You know what? Go on them for not putting Field of Dreams as number one because I'm not a fan of that movie. Really? (laughs) No. What's the hate about Field of Dreams? I don't know. I think I need to revisit it and I will and I shall. But um, but, yeah. Far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a disgraced baseball player. I I feel like Major League is a little more fun. Uh, no one chokes on that. a hot dog in Way that one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, I was happy they picked Major League as number one because, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really it's fun. It's not just about, like, this game and we'll play catch with my dad and it's America's pastime. Yeah. No, it's fucking fun. I mean, None of that makes me want to watch baseball. I never want to watch it's baseball. It's 30 years old, but it's not nostalgic. Yeah. At all. It was just like made an of the era baseball movie. How weird does that seem right now with a real baseball team and a real baseball league? Who does that? Who makes that movie? Uh, Moneyball. Moneyball? Moneyball did is a thing that happened. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Once a every math 10 years. Baseball games or baseball movie, which is <laughs> double the interesting. <laughs> yeah. Still mad at Philip Seymour Hoffman for how mean he was to Brad Pitt. Uh, but uh, a movie I've never heard of, but I feel like I want to Edge of Sanity, starring. Anthony Perkins of Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck is this? 
Uh, this one I hadn't heard of either. I'm kind of surprised. It does not have great reviews, but Shout Factory, God bless them, has has re-released it because it is Anthony Perkins as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but oh, also no. Mr. Hyde as Jack the Ripper. Whoa. Okay. okay. That's okay. cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's hear what the trailer sounds like. Anthony Perkins. What if I followed my every instinct completely? And Anthony Perkins. Oh. Down there and opened her up to here. A man and a madman taking their pleasure on the cutting edge of terror. <laughs> edge of sanity. <laughs> Love this cheesy wow. trailer music. Yeah. Uh, um, but Anthony Perkins on a bit of a comeback role at this Sorta. point. He's making four more Psycho movies and like I can't name another movie that he's in, Di. Other than the psycho, um, that's okay. why you're here, baby. Yep. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, uh, it looks like he's he's acting up a storm. Looks like he's he's got a lot of makeup on and he's going for it as the Hyde Ripper guy. I mean, that's so a lot I'm of acting. Curious. To do. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I I I know I've said that a bunch to Diana and other podcasts, but I didn't see Psycho in full because I, with my film minor, and I probably watched clips of Psycho four hundred thousand mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I never saw the full movie until like three years ago. I'm like, this is amazing. And Anthony Perkins is doing a different thing than anybody so, else acting. Yeah, it's for sure. Acting in in that era. Like, what the fuck is this? This dude is like leagues ahead of his time. So I, I, I'm weirded out that I haven't seen more of him. But I did see Last of Sheila, a movie he wrote. Okay. Yeah, mm. that's a fun one. It's really fun. Uh, Winter People, starring Kurt Russell, Kelly McGinnis, and Lloyd Bridges. I have never heard of this. I hadn't either. It has horrible reviews, but it's about... Now, I know uh, what it's about. It is a movie from beyond the wall, winter people. That's what we yes. prefer to be called. Yep. John Snow. Kurt Russell is a white walker, and he falls in love with Wildling <laughs> Kelly McGillis. I'm in. It's hard to make things work out. Lloyd Bridges is the Lord of Bones. <laughs> and... <laughs> uh, forever and always. Um... A man of hidden courage. I'm all you have. I can't take risks. A woman of secret passions. I can't have my brothers killed or Mr. Jackson for something I got myself into. A love they can't resist. I'd like to talk to you about this family. A love they won't allow. Is, is this a bit incest? Kind of, it looks like a wilding situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, uh, I got to know, listener strike back. Is this what black people call white people? Could be. Winter people. Winter people. people. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. You only <laughs> got to be a patron, though, to strike back. Uh, winter people. Looks like... Is it a... Uh, it's like the 30s in Appalachia, and there's a Hatfields and McCoys thing going on. Oh, I love that. Those are some of my favorite uh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> the ones with the yeah, Hatfields and McCoys. No, like I said, like I was sort of like, oh, this could be interesting. And then, uh, every review was like, this sucks. It looks hella boring. Okay, fine. Uh, but it also with Kurt Russell in it, it, it looked of like sucking. Though. Oh man, yes. Uh, this this you know is very near and dear to me. If you listen to our sister show, Laser Time, which is topic based, uh, Diana joined. Didn't you join us for for a comic strip one? Was that you? Were you? Uh, on a... Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brenda's okay. Right. Uh, like yes. we did an <laughs> episode all on comic strips because like it's weird when my grandfather and his father was growing up, and when I was growing up, comic strips mm-hmm. were big shit. Mm-hmm. And the only reason you know of comic strip characters is if they get a movie or a TV show. 
I, I don't see any fandom for that with kids anymore. No. Um, but it, that wasn't the case back then. We're on the verge of Dick Tracy. That will be the, that'll have the second Roger Rabbit cartoon in it. Uh, but holy shit, Brenda Starr. <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Uh, what was it? This is a, uh, has a male pseudonym for the creator, but it's actually a woman. She wrote under a pen name. Didn't think people would take her seriously. I think so. So she gave the, it's created by like Duke, but it's a woman named Dyla. Okay. <laughs> she created Brenda Starr, Star Reporter, uh, if in 1940, I believe. So on about the 50th anniversary of this movie, starring comic strip phenom Brenda Starr, uh, Brooke Shields, Timothy Dalton, star, get to premiere in a movie starring these characters, but not in America, mm. like only Europe. Right. Uh, this is so weird. Yeah, after it sat on a shelf for three years. Well, so it was made in 1986, mm -hmm. and then there were producer problems and fights and distribution and suing mm -hmm. and stuff. And so it's not released into the into Europe in 89, and in the U.S. we won't see it until 92. Yeah, as best I could see, wow. Brenda Starr shines so bright. She had a TV deal in the mix, too. Mm -hmm. So in America, there was a big fight over whether you could release this Brooke Shields, Brenda Starr movie over here, but this is Lady Dick Tracy. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Suck it, Warren Beatty. In the last 24 hours, she's been kidnapped. Forget it, sister. I'll be back. Shot at. Catch her! Hijacked. Take us to the Amazon. The horses go extra. Tortured. Jeepers! And fed to piranhas. Oh, no. She's much more than a woman. Hello. Much more than your average reporter. Get me the White House, please. Are you okay? Much more than any man could handle. What do they want? You. She's a star. Here's to the star. Brenda Starr. Brooke Shields. Already. And Timothy Dalton. In Brenda Starr. Oh, this wow, is... she really looks like a, a like a comic strip character. She does, like the makeup and the costuming and everything. Like, and she's got mm -hmm. silk spectre hair uh, throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I'm just bright blocks of color, very yeah. 40s, exaggerated 40s style. Everything. Uh, I was gonna try to watch the whole thing. I could not. Mm. It's yeah. like points points for the attempt. I guess, you know, mm -hmm. doing what everyone loved that Dick Tracy did later with, yeah, the comic styling and the, and the colors and stuff. Uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it looks really it's bad. It's real bad. Timothy Dalton, though, always an MVP with me. Well, that's... He, he that, knows how to camp it up. I, mm. I, I, that's the funny thing. I, I can't think of this happening with anybody else other than, like, Chris Hemsworth right now. That, that Cabin in the Woods sat on the shelf so... He shot that movie before he was Thor, mm. but it came out after he was Thor. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. like, we got Thor in our fucking movie. Weird. I think... Uh, Timothy Dalton shot this before James Bond. Oh, okay. And and th that's why he I think he's given billing here because by the time the movie came out, he was famous the world over. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brenda Starr. This is the most you've heard anybody talk about it. And I, so, where does this come in with his filmography and Beautician and the Beast? Ooh, that is. We, I think we did that. We did that without you. That, that was a couple of years ago. Damn. That's a 96 movie, I believe. That was one of those video store staples. Uh, one of your sideburns on one even in the other. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brenda Starr, you heard it here. Uh, in the, yep. Uh, Let's never speak of it again. Up next, uh, do you think that's possible with me? This is it's just one more one more piece of that comic strip trivia I'm mm -hmm. always sitting on. 
Uh, Tony Danza, Catherine Hicks, Amy Dolans, and she's out of control. Katie Simpson is at that age. So you're sure you want to go through with this? She's going from awkward to awesome, and her father's going nuts. Your daughter is in very grave danger from a formidable predator, Mr. Simpson. That's it. He's getting advice. 81.5%. Lose their virginity! He's giving advice. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. So's a good body. Tony Danza. She's out of control. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so who's the bosses on TV? And Tony Danza, let's make him a star. Wow, but what a weird choice no! for a film where he plays the straight man. Yeah. Or like the uptight mm-hmm. father. Is this, I'm guessing his daughter's going through puberty. I mean, yeah. that kind of tracks if he's the make, boss. She gets a makeover, and now she's all sexy, and all the boys are trying to date her, and he's he can't take it. It's his little girl. Oh, great. Mm, That's what I always gross. wanted to see whenever I see Sandra D burst in the end of Grease. Like, what's her dad think about this? It's <laughs> it's it's an interesting parallel with chills. the new movie we're going to talk about, and that they're both about like fathers and daughters yeah. dealing with the daughter growing up. One of them handles it really well, and really? one of them is Sony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me her name is Angela. Uh, but a movie That's the only name he can say. A movie I uh shit really meant to finally watch before oh. we did this show. Oh, I love All right. this movie. So Let's much. settle in for I think a, a big '80s touchstone movie. Yes, That's right. For we got real. John Mahoney, Ion Sky, John Cusack. <laughs> Ion Sky. Is she a video game? How do you say it? Ioni. Ioni. Ioni Sky, John Cusack, mm-hmm. uh, and say anything. How'd you get Diane Court to go out with you? I called her up. But how come it worked? I mean, like, what are you? I'm Lloyd Dobler. What are your plans for the future? I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed. I don't know. I can't figure it all out tonight, so I'm just going to hang with your daughter. That's terrific. Say Anything. Rated PG-13. I love this movie. Yeah. I love it so much. Yep. Guys who are sitting around... Mad that like how come the girls don't pay attention to me and stuff? Y- y'all gotta watch this movie mm-hmm. and ask yourself what Lloyd Dobler would do because mm-hmm. there is a reason every '90s girl has a massive crush on John Cusack mm-hmm. to this day. Yep, a hundred thousand percent. Right, he yeah. is respectful and a gentleman, and he cares about other people's feelings, mm-hmm. and he's self-effacing but not in a big obvious way, and mm-hmm. he's just a nice guy. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. He's so nice, but he also still has that oomph that mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing, which is also very helpful. It helps um, that John yeah. Cusack is one, another one of those ahead of his time movie stars. Mm-hmm. Like you were a yeah. cool movie nerd if you knew how cool John yes. Cusack was. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But he's, yeah, he's confident and sincere, but not cocky. Right, exactly. Like there's like, nothing. If she said, I don't want to go out with you, he would probably try one more time. And then he'd walk away. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, it is so... This movie was one of the ones that I had in rotation that I would watch as I would, like, get ready for school every morning. And then just, like, (laughs) watch, like, 20 minutes of it every morning and then just start it over again. Like, it's just so... 
sweet and the way that the characters are written feel so much more real and more because because they're not overdrawn. There's really no archetypes mm-hmm. here. You know, mm-hmm. she's like the smart girl and who's like kind of buttoned up, but she's got a lot more depth than just that being her only personality characteristic. And it really right. shows like for girls like me in high school who I was close to my f- parents and I didn't really like have a rebellious stage and I just wanted to like make my parents proud and 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 meet a nice guy and date like a nice guy like this I don't know this movie really resonated with me you did hmm. good you yeah. did good I just heard your dad just texted me oh good <laughs> I'm glad. did he sign it dad yes <laughs> that was him that Daddy was him Ew, no uh, not yeah. that but yeah it just it's very sweet and it has such an interesting I find it very, now in retrospect, very interesting that they also did this whole other side story with John Mahoney and like his story because he runs this um, uh, nursing home where he takes care of all these old people and then he gets into trouble because they find out that he's been stealing from these old people. And that's like a whole other side story that they deal with in also a very gentle and respectful way. I don't know. Yeah. I just really love this movie. Yeah, it was. I just. Ah, uh, it did give me a lot of sort of like daddy daughter sort of. Like I was just saying, when she has out of control, that's just like get away from my daughter, you. And this is like he John Mahoney is like the best dad mm-hmm. in this. Mm. He's basically her only friend, which is really right. sad. But he's very kind and very supportive. And he, yes, he he does terrible things, and he thinks he's doing it to help her mm-hmm. though like he mm-hmm. thinks you know that the ends justify the means right but except for the breaking of the law he is like a great dad yeah and, and they have a good and... relationship like one of the few relationships between kids and parents that i saw growing up that i was like this makes sense this is like what i have with my parents we're not adversarial you know get along and we like hanging out with each other and you know it, and then of course you know it's also very romantic, mm. <laughs> like the oh, yeah. not between the father and the daughter. I mean, it, it has <laughs> it has one of the more enduring yeah. iconic romantic pieces of yeah. imagery that uh, eventually yeah. became the, the the poster, the cover of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it was. It's, a such niche. A, it's so weird though when you watch say anything that's the first thing people think of is mm-hmm. holding the boombox up mm-hmm. playing in your eyes, and that's kind of a minor moment in in sort of in a montage mm-hmm. like after they've split up he's just kind of trying to remind her of the good times mm-hmm. there isn't like a big scene where she comes down and they start making out or something it's, right. it's just a little moment in there to show like he's he still cares that's not the climax of the movie but it, it's nope. become like the enduring wow. image assumed. of it mm. um and yeah, it's just very gentle. Oh, and- it's really sweet. And oh my God, In Your Eyes, which is the song oh, that he right. plays from the boombox, is still gets me so hard right yeah. in the f- leg. Honestly, I, I think it's one of the best songs ever written. Agreed. <laughs> I, I mean, I love Peter Gabriel, especially 100%. from this time period, but yeah. that, that song is amazing. It's so good. Like, and, I, I mean, yeah. it's Cameron Crowe. He always picks good music. It's the right, directorial debut thing. of Cameron Crowe. Exactly. After yeah. writing Fast Times at Richmond High in a movie I've never heard of, uh, he got to direct his own movie Mm -hmm. and went on a pretty fucking great run Mm -hmm. up until Aloha or We Bought a Zoo I didn't see that one yeah Uh, I didn't see I think Elizabeth Town I heard that's terrible you're right that's where I yeah that one you know what's weird though is re-watching this because it's been a while since I watched it straight through Mm -hmm. um and it's fun to pick out like, oh shit, Jeremy Piven, stuff like that. Like, yeah. oh shit, that actor. Yeah, Joan um, Cusack. Was that in John Lily Cusack's Tyler. contract that Jeremy Taylor. Piven would be in every movie he was in? I, 
I don't know. Um, but to th- realize this is kind of my generation's The Graduate. No shit. Hmm. This movie borrows on the kind of the a lot of the same ideas as The Graduate, and mm-hmm. I never put those things together before, up to and including the last shot of the movie. Mm-hmm. But wow. well, that the whole little thing about like what he wants to do. It's pretty close to the plastics conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like an unangsty graduate where it's mm-hmm. just that sort of like I guess I'm going off to my future, but I don't I don't know what that means, and like I care about this person, but I'm not sure what that means either, and I'm just sort of kind of just figuring shit out, and mm-hmm. what are we gonna do with ourselves? Yeah, mm. it's got that vibe, but not so angsty. A little bit more like we can do this. Okay. Yeah. This is hard, but we can do this. It's a real high recommend for me. Mm, I love. I absolutely love this movie. Mm, that'll probably yep. be the only high recommend we'll see in '89 at this point. Yeah, yeah, at this point. Uh, yeah. Unless uh, this episode, that's for sure. Anybody like the uh, Growing Pains episode, Second Chance, as we move into television? This one is. I I just I feel like so when I looked this up, I thought, did we already talk about this? But I feel like maybe in another podcast I listened to, they discussed this because this was like kind of a big deal episode. So in it, um, it's guest starring Matthew Perry as Sandy. Mm. Is that his name? Who? (laughs) The guest star? I'm trying to think now. But anyways, he's dating the daughter in it and Mm -hmm. they find out. And so he's drinking. He and the daughter are drinking and he goes off and gets in a car accident. Not Matthew Perry. Yes, Matthew oh, Perry. No. I know. And Substance problems? No. Yeah. And so he has like a real close call, but they're visiting him in the hospital. And it's like, I hope you learned your lesson, young man. And then the last scene of this episode is what I pulled for you right now. Oh. Gird your loins. So Sandy's parents will be in around six. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to the hospital around seven. Sandy thinks an hour should be enough time for his dad to stop yelling. Speaking as a parent, Carol, I would say two hours yelling minimum. Better make it eight o'clock. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, listen, Carol, um, that guy Doug just called from the hospital. Uh huh. Well, he told me that, uh, he said that. What is it, Mike? Carol Sandy just died. What? Oh, my God. Yeah, he said it was just a few minutes ago. Michael Seaver, that is the sickest joke that I have ever heard, and I am never going to forgive you. Ooh, I'm yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I like to try to pull the very special episodes when I can because, like I said, so I like many people it. remember these. And you hear their feet stepping on everything so loud because yeah. the audience is wow. gasping. The yeah. audience is just Ooh. silent. I was expecting a, <gasps> and they're just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. He like dies later on, like after apparently he's like in the hospital bed talking to them and then they all go home and then he dies later on of internal bleeding, some sort of hemorrhage. <clears throat> But yeah, and then it ends with them just like silently hugging each other, and that's the end of the episode. Jesus, Whoa. I know, rough. What rough do we stuff. learn from this? Don't date Sandy. <laughs> Show me that smile. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's a rough wow. one. But yeah, so don't drink Matthew and drive. Perry, Matthew Perry fucking up in high school is going to be a theme of this episode. Oh, oh, oh yes, you are right. 
Okay. I don't understand that yet, but I can't wait to figure out what that what cryptic clue you just dropped in the 89 <laughs> segment. Now we can talk about the fucking Muppets. Or more importantly, yeah. Jim Henson. Because mm-hmm. this is... Uh, I don't. I shouldn't say lost to time, but um, because it's all on. It's mostly all on YouTube. But I don't know. Diana can maybe get behind me in this. One of my favorite things to watch on uh, Turner Classic Movies is they'll occasionally show an episode of like Walt Disney Presents and like some super mm-hmm. earnest, cheesy thing where Walt Disney talks to you about. It. We just made this movie. And we think you're really gonna like this picture, uh, and they'll tell you who's in it, and they'll show you behind the scenes clips and how they made it. And they and uh, NBC gave Jim Henson that show. A, a year before he died, hmm. um, hey. show whatever you want, and he would. It, it had the Muppets on it, but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also had, if you remember, that really, really terrifying digital, creepy—not digital Muppet. That's that's the Disneyland attraction, but like a really, really creepy. He, he looks like he's been awake for like nine days. He looks too human. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was introduced here. I forget his name, but Jim Henson would walk out in front of a lion and he'd talk about like behind the scenes processes. Oh. Hey, Sesame Street's turning fifty. Uh, uh, you know what? You've never seen this. This is the storyteller from England. Enjoy. And the storyteller is one of the most perfect things I've ever seen in my whole life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. America never had it as a regular series. We only got to see part of it on the storyteller. But you'd see upcoming glimpses. I know. And Jim Henson presents. You mean Jim? The Jim Henson Hour. Yes. Jim Henson Hour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like uh, this is a really, really cool show, and it's it's never had any kind of official release. It's never been rerun anywhere, but some maniac has some terrible resolution uploads on on YouTube, and it's pretty much everything. I remember I remember vividly learning them showing me how Muppets pick things up. Oh, cool. and I thought that was huh. astonishing. Like someone will drag the marionette arm onto, like, say, a phone, and then you'll notice the camera changes angles. Because at that point it'll be they have they've reset and they've attached the puppet's hand mm. to whatever he's about to hold. Cool. And uh, yeah, then they made giant jokes about that. Uh, I thought that was really neat. Um, SNL this week, a musical musical guest and regular guest Dolly Parton. Yeah. Hey. Holy shit. Uh, don't She's remember much best. about this episode, but it is the debut of a little thing called Sprockets. <gasps> Now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. <laughs> This is, the, this is the part where Chris learns that that's an actual Kraftwerk song. I had no idea. <laughs> no idea. Which also makes it really hard to find online. Yeah. Uh, that, that and I believe uh. Mike Myers is involved with a weird lawsuit with Ron right. Howard over a Sprockets yeah. movie that was supposed to happen. That's bizarre right. to think about. That was And that, that was going on in like... 2000 or so right. mm-hmm. there was a bunch of stuff with like people suing each other other over doing a sprockets movie and the whole time i'm like look i fucking love sprockets the idea of this industrial <laughs> uncomfortable german angular talk show mm-hmm. i love it please jesus do not make 90 minutes of that yeah i, I want to go as kyle mclaughlin on sprockets next halloween that's sure. I, oh I've... yeah that's that's the best one yeah. i think when we get to that we have to talk about it because that's going to be in a year or two i think because uh, i think he's plugging t- twin peaks but was, was that the that's the film festival one right yeah 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 and it's it, like it, yeah well, and then just... here are happy children and then they come across the body of a dead transient and right. they turn him over and his face is covered with ants <laughs> I, I I know it's a little dated. It's just it's one of those things that I think speaks to the absolute underrated brilliance of Mike Myers mm-hmm. that he saw something funny in this w- weird concept. I don't yeah. think I could go anywhere and explain to someone why Sprockets is funny. Yeah, but it is. 
All it those is little funny. skinny legs dancing in their black leggings. Yes, a bunch of a bunch of moody German adults. Like, yeah. Uh, the, the, coming to what I was most fascinated to finally play a clip of a uh, thing I didn't look into at all. Tarzan and Manhattan. Yeah. Is this exactly oh, what it no. sounds? This better not be a fucking cop show based on no. a metaphor. It's a it's a TV yes. movie. It's exactly what it sounds yes. like. Uh, starring Joe Lara, Tim Kim Kim Crosby, Michael Up Your Vincent's. Yeah, it's the recently deceased Jan Michael Vincent and Tony Curtis. And Tony Curtis. Oh dear! Put a little promo. One of literature's wildest heroes is back in an all-new adventure. This time, he's fighting for animal rights, and he's up against the world's most dangerous predator. He's stalking a different kind of beast in a different kind of jungle. Tarzan in Manhattan, Saturday. So this movie look. This... Oh my God! Of course, he's fighting for animal rights. Yeah. Ow! This looks like a pornography film. Dude, there is a really. <laughs> Really long close up on his ash cheek hanging out. Yeah. In a way that's not even like flattering or safe for television. And it's glistening. Yeah. Like every, they do different close ups on his body as he's swinging through, like on a vine, and each body part is glistening in its own way. It's like the cover of a romance novel in motion, basically. Hey, we talk a little more about Tarzan in this week's Laser Time. So give mm. that a listen where we talk to Mallory O'Mara, author mm-hmm. of Lady, the, uh, Lady from the Black Lagoon. Mm hmm. A really neat book about the woman who designed the creature from yep. the Black Lagoon. Uh, but we talk nice. about Tarzan because no. nobody has cared about Tarzan in fucking decades. And they keep forcing it on us all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. I know you like the Disney one, Little Millennial. Calm down. Kinda I'm not talking do. about you. I'm talking about all the other garbage, which I might file the Disney one under. I, I don't hate that movie. Uh, I, I just don't hate it. It's just not a story I ever need to see told again. Yeah. In fact, I don't think there's many. Yeah. That's probably why he's an animal control freak in this one, because animal rights freak in this one, because mm-hmm. there's no good way to tell this story anymore. That's not like horrifically offensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No to Tarzan forever. Stop making it. They try mm-hmm. every now, six years. Would you watch Tarzan in Manhattan or Hercules in New York first? Is that the Arnold one? Got to take yes. the Arnold one. Oh, right. take the arm. But also it. remember, he's dubbed, and it's really funny. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because he talks like this. Oh, Father Zeus, why have you forsaken me? Except when he's laughing, like ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Oh man. Okay. Man, Eric right. Idle is all Speaking over. Speaking of things that they try to make happen again right. and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got in a brief Twitter discussion with someone asking. Is Around the World in 80 Days the book that's been adapted the most with no versions being very good? <laughs> you don't like the Rob Schneider version? Eh. <laughs> no. Also with Arnold in it. Yeah. 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 Like there's, I feel like if you just piece together all the versions, maybe you'd get a good one. It's like the movie version with David Niven. That's got some parts that are good, but a lot of parts that drag. And then there's the other one with Steve Coogan. That's got some good parts, but other parts just no. And. Jackie Chan. This one with Pierce Brosnan. Eric Idle, yeah. Peter Ustinov, and Julie Nixon. Around the World in 80 Days. It's a miniseries, and it comes this week. This man is heading around the world in 80 days. 80 days? 80 days. Impossible. Around the world. What of course. He'll travel with a galaxy of stars. Yes, sir. Wrong, sir. Uh, no, sir. Nincompoop. He'll have incredible adventures. Incredible. And he'll fall in love. Who are you? Please, His adventures begin next when he takes you around the world in 80 days. <laughs> It, it, it's, it looks a I little delightful. That's the thing about, about it, though. It has name recognition. I just mm-hmm. remember as a little kid, mm-hmm. we'd say 
this combination of words all the time. I don't know, like, describe right. a game of tetherball or like 80 days. Like, there's no kid who can even like put a context to that, not even in the 80s. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it has name recognition. I think that's about it. Yeah. Around the world in 80 days. So let's not yeah. watch that again. Uh, but yeah. maybe if you're a Star Trek fan, boy, are you sort of in luck. Because uh, Rescue 9-11, yeah, I'm saying that wrong on purpose, Sure. Uh, debuts on the 18th, and it's got a brand new host, or a, it's the first show. Yeah. This program contains true stories of rescues. All of the 911 calls you will hear are real. Whenever possible, the actual people involved have helped us reconstruct the events as they happened. See, that's, that's like... Back in the day, I remember enduring a ton of William Shatner impressions mm-hmm. and like, oh, this is the guy everyone keeps doing this with and who is this is how it's all. And like, what are they talking about? And then I finally saw a couple episodes of Star Trek that really emphasized that. Yeah. But Rescue 9-11, uh, I don't even know how to describe because it's not even like the fun of unsolved mysteries. It's just right. mishaps. I, I remember one specifically because it happened uh, a couple miles away from my hometown mm-hmm. and a guy got his dick stuck in a jacuzzi jet. Ooh, that's a pretty common story in Florida. I feel like everyone I mean, it's has a pretty a, common thing to attempt. Like it, I can imagine. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah, and they went on to do a couple of shows where they would highlight stories of people who were able to save their own lives or other people's yes. lives based on what they learned from Rescue 911. They hired William Shatner to host it because he was famous for a 911 call. He was? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, in a cop show? <laughs> In a cop show, yes, mm-hmm. it's he's been in a cop his show wife dying and he's not in a pool. doing anything. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a macabre joke. No, oh, that's okay. later. Yeah. That's right. later anyway. Come um, on, don't be mean. Well, and now I think they are going to reboot it. I feel like it's in production or something. Yeah. But then every bar I go to now, as long as it's like before, like there's no sports on, it's like that show Live PD. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck that is? It just yeah. looks exactly like cops, but claims to be live. Uh, I don't get so that one. I don't either. I've never seen it. Don't know yeah. what. It, don't, do not know what it is. And that wraps up our television for a, a jam-packed 1989. No, yeah, in, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they're kind of riding America's most, or yeah, America's most wanted on this because mm-hmm. that was like a year ago, maybe. And they're like, oh, people like reality shows. This is what we thought reality shows were back then. Mm-hmm. It's so nuts because like. Um, Uns- this or Unsolved Mysteries would shoot in my hometown on occasion, so kids got would get cast as in oh, like wow. boy who- boy two who discovers body and like <laughs> has to like look in a car oh. and be- and gasp yeah and, and then they- and then they play it in six frames a second and now we're all scared uh, but yeah let's get us into the music of uh, 1989 what am I good week is it good really week? good week yeah. holy shit hell yeah uh, except for for great white but uh <laughs> new releases garth brooks self-titled debut Ooh, who i think wow. is still one of the highest selling artists of all time oh yeah yeah uh, twice shy by great white and one of the best albums ever the pixies do little yes. which is on yep. rolling stones top 500 albums of all time for debaser and alone oh. yep by the time you hear this i will have seen them in concert you lucky oh. bastard yep Son with weezer guy. as my brother said oh so you're a Gen Xer, huh? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yep." Yeah, shut up. But yes. See, I didn't discover. I didn't discover them until way later. Uh, my first show ever was "They Might Be Giants" because yeah, I'm not fucking cool. Mm. Thirteen years old. Dad had to get me in, and they have an opener, and it's some guy named Frank Black. Eh, Frank Black sucks. <laughs> I don't know any of these songs, and I was complaining. Uh, little, little did I know, I would find out later when my musical knowledge expanded a little bit. I was. 
booing one of my favorite people in music. Uh, didn't boo anybody. But you're white like Frank Black, not black like Barry White. <laughs> I like it. The best lyrics of all time. Anyway. Uh, um, but let's close that with She Drives Me Crazy with a Fine Young Cannibals. It is number one this week, and I believe I said another show. I believe the last new artist I've ever, I know my dad purchasing. Oh. The Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> wow. I do love this song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll close out with that, so, but stay right there. We got a lot to talk about in 1999. I'm a little under the weather right now. So it's got me thinking about my health. Or is it this copy? Because one of the because one of the most important things we do for our health every day is brushing our teeth. And it's absolutely ridiculous how many people are doing it ineffectively. I made the switch to an electric toothbrush and I won't even go back to a regular toothbrush while camping. That's why there's Quip. Right now by going to tryquip.com slash laser time. The simple, elegant electric toothbrush that costs a fraction of those other toothbrushes you'll find in stores. I love it. It's got a gentle, sensitive sonic vibration, and it's got a built-in timer that tells you when to switch sides. Even better, you can take it on the go. You don't have to camp with a regular toothbrush. Take Quip with you. All this and more is why Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association, and you can get it for as low as 25 bucks. They'll even send you replacement brush heads so you don't have to think about it. And you can save 10 bucks on those replacement on those replacement brush heads by going to tryquip.com slash laser time. Once again, to save 10 bucks on refills, go to tryquip, T-R-Y-Q-U-I-P dot com slash laser time. Bringing you into 1999 with Say La Vie by Bewitched on the charts this week. TLC's No Scrubs is obviously number one. It is, a, it is April 12th of the 18th, 1999. After all, uh, welcome to the 90s. Uh, we have new music releases to kick, kick off the segment with. Uh, what are you going to do with your life by Echo and the Bunnymen? Tal Bachman's uh, self-titled debut where he outs a woman who's smoking marijuana. Sure. That's um, what that's about. <laughs> I think. Uh, Karma by Rick Springfield. Eye to Eye by the Scorpions. Uh, Echo by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And the self-titled debut of Burn the Priest who then would eventually change their names to Lamb of God. Um, that, was the, that was the next album my dad bought from a new artist. Sure. <laughs> uh, then uh, they changed it back. They, they did? I thought they're still Lamb of God. Yeah. I know, that's right. what I thought too, but they're huh. still saying, no, no, they're back as Burn the Priest. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. We that's not going to confuse sure. your fans. This, but this is a very confusing era of music. We have like almost no, like just this week, we have like almost no like hip hop. We're mm-hmm. fucking mm. people of color in general. You just see like all these disparate white genres fighting against each other. But I want to release Echo and the Bunnymen. Well, I want to release the Atari's Broken Hearts next to 12, next 12 Exits. <laughs> or, or Dysfunction by Stained. <laughs> Or Mule Variations by uh, Tom Waits, whatever, another one of Rolling Stone's 500 best albums of all time. If you're a white person, a lot of stuff to choose from. Mm. Uh, mm. Anyway, a little bit of news to kick off 1999. April 12th to the 18th, I see that Wayne Gretzky retires after 21 seasons. 
1,900 assists, and 2,857 points. Wow. Do you Uh. understand most hockey games end with a 0-0 score? And Wayne Gretzky managed to score almost 3,000 goals. That's insane. Uh, His number was retired permanently from the NHL. Mm -hmm. And I have never seen Wayne Gretzky again. Yeah? It's it's very strange. I'm not a sport... Yeah, I'm not I, a sports well, if person. If you ever watched hockey, I mean, he shows up. To right, I, I was. I, I even looked, dude. I even looked it up. Like, mm-hmm. is he like the Charles Barkley on NHL Tonight or something like that? Uh, but he's owned a bunch of teams. I just, but I do want to say, like, I, Wayne Gretzky was so good, everybody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. Quick, mm-hmm. Sarah, name a current hockey player. Mm. So, like. I, I'm not the kind of guy like Jordan was the best player to play the game. I don't know. Apparently, LeBron's pretty good sure. too. But I have never seen another hockey player rise That's to the ranks true. of Wayne Gretzky before or since. Like I, he's like synonymous with excellence in the game. Mm-hmm. Did that just come out of my mouth? I'm not talking about sports. It anymore. sounded very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you listen in ESPN. Surprise. I can be a, a turdy for turdy. Let's talk about movies. I know a little more about that. But uh, shit, none of these. Uh, Bonnie Root, Gabby Hoffman, Ryan Reynolds, and Coming Soon? This is a movie that needed to be made, and it sounds like this is not the version that we still need. But we still need a movie like this. Okay. Hashtag feminism. There are three red-blooded American girls coming of age. You must be so relieved. Yeah, I was terrified I'd be the last version in the senior class. They're living the high life. Buttery boys are stopping by to visit us. And doing it all. I like to scream and prance. Will you punk me with your lance? To hell with flame romance. I want to cream my pants. But there's one experience they'll do anything to have. I've never had an orgasm. That's an ego blow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Women can have orgasms? This has been sold as American Pie for Girls. Okay. And that is a movie that we need because this is actually something weird that I was thinking about. And it's probably say anything made me think about it, about like losing your virginity. Mm -hmm. And it's like how long it takes women to start having good sex Mm -hmm. because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how that's never really appreciated. Like, there, I, if if you were a girl who had an orgasm the first time you had sex, oh my God, let's name you Pope because you're yeah. one in a billion. Because yeah. we don't know what we're doing, and the men don't know what they're doing. Or your hey, partner, hey. whatever gender. I know. No we're, one knows what I know we're, we're doing. doing all the work, especially during those first sessions. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we're just laying there, going like, mm-hmm. I guess this is nice. This is so yes, fun? a quest for women's sexual fulfillment movie yeah they're what they Instead do of trying to get laid they're trying to get off they do address huh. that someone make a version of this they do address that as that is part of the storyline in nick and nora's infinite playlist which we talked about that she wants recently. an orgasm mm-hmm, that she's never been able to have an orgasm before and mm. they um yeah that's addressed in that but yes it is very very rarely addressed on film for yeah sure. and you definitely can't do it with guys because like all he has to do is adjust yeah. his anti-anxiety med- medication he'll be well, all right like the wind will blow a different direction <laughs> yeah sit on the couch differently you'll come you'll yeah. get there uh, what i don't know you didn't say the, way it, the, said movie that. the way he said that just I'm trying to reinsure 49 percent of our audience sarah <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> just hit me wrong. <laughs> uh, and this is this is okay. ridiculous. Um, what is this? Oh my God. Good... I cannot believe we get to talk about. This. <laughs> like, would, wouldn't be talking about it if you didn't dig it up. But uh, I'm so glad that you did. Legend of Titanic, because hey, 
anybody can make a Titanic movie. Yep. Uh, so some shameless Italian people <laughs> with some shameless Korean animators made Legend of the Titanic, which is both shockingly ripping off the film Titanic, including shots and characters, and also an American tale. Well, there is a human story <laughs> uh -huh. and also a bunch of little mice on the Titanic wow. that are going to go to America. Were there um, no cats? And then it goes kind of insane right away because uh, it's very period accurate to uh, turn of the century. As opposed mm -hmm. to Cameron's movie? Yeah. Yeah. This is so much more accurate than Cameron's movie. Like in this movie, they finally tell the truth about how a bunch of mean sharks push that uh, iceberg into the ship. Right. Oh. Oh everyone and forgets everyone, that part of it. Everyone was saved by a friendly octopus with a puppy face named Tentacolino. Yeah. Holy shit. It's about uh, time their story is told, you know? Is this going to yeah. read? It's been far too long. Is this even going to read in, in a clip? Let's see. Let's hear this. Oh, I think it will. We'll hit the, the cute I little mice talking and uh, we see what happens. Red, I heard her say that she can't go to parties because she has nothing to wear. Sad. How about if she comes to our party, Mama? You're having one, aren't we? We'll talk to Fritz about her. Just the snack I'm looking for. <laughs> if it hadn't been for you, I would be now in someone else's digestion. You know there's something you should know, so I'm gonna tell you so. Don't sweat it. Forget it. Enjoy the show. Working all day, now it's time to unwind. Kick back, relax, take a look at your mind. Uh, uh I'll be busting the we'll be busting up laughing because it's party time. So I I feel like <laughs> Diana, you didn't know this, but the last thing I had on my checklist of things to do before I die was to see a dog rap on the Titanic. Yeah. And I I don't have to be here for this episode anymore. I'm done. I, I'm out. Wow. I'm, I'm out. rendered speechless <laughs> by what I just saw. Oh, oh yeah. my God! And that is like that. We on, on our video game show, we make a we poke a lot of fun at French Canadian games. Those accents, I would now be in the digestion of. Yes. Whew. How's uh, that grammar die? Everyone who made this is on drugs. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it got a sequel. Of course, the puppy phased uh, octopus named Tentacolino. Oh um, I don't know. Maybe he saves the Hindenburg or something. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, this is one I, l I learned about from watching uh, like bad movie shows. Uh, I think that guy with the glasses covered it. I think John Tron covered it. Um, it's Holy it's kind of something you need to see. Yeah, uh, it's the only thing I want to see from here on out. Rapping dog Titanic. Titanic. Holy shit! End of story. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, I'm gonna have bad dreams about that he tonight. Um, Jesus, do we have to talk about friends and lovers now? No. Again, I feel like I just came. Like that was like the that was like the pinnacle <laughs> of the show. It climaxed at that well, moment. Well, we got to the the bottom uh, of that then. <laughs> oh, uh, Friends and Lovers, starring Stephen Baldwin. I don't want to talk about a Stephen Baldwin movie. Oh, Robert Downey no, Jr. is in it. Yeah, a bunch of attractive white people go skiing, and they're at a ski lodge, and sexual hijinks. My woo. Robert Downey Jr. plays a perverted German guy with weird highlights. Oh, cool. Well, that's good. He's supposed to be pretty funny. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yes. What my about, brain's broken now. Uh, we're done. What about Goodbye Lover? This is uh, one of two it's movies where Ellen Ellen went straight. <laughs> um, 
I can't remember what the other one's called. I think I saw that one. What's Goodbye Mr. Lover? Wright. Mr. Mr. Wright. I saw That's that right. one. Mr. Wright. Patricia Arquette, Dermot Mulroney, Ellen DeGeneres. DeGeneres. <laughs> Only the DeGenitals. Mary Louise Barker and Don Johnson. Goodbye Lover. Bing. All it would take would be one little push. Watch your step. Watch your wife. And watch your back. Not since the Kennedy boys with two brothers had so much fun with one broad. Because getting away with $8 million can be murder. Patricia Arquette. Keep your eye on him. He is trouble. <laughs> Dermot Mulroney, Ellen DeGeneres. Thank you, Sherlock. Mary Louise Parker and Don Johnson. Why am I taking these chances? Goodbye, lover. Rated R. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. Was that Save Ferris? You know it's the 90s when Save Ferris yeah. is on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Fuck wow. me. Wow. Pick it up, indeed. Uh, never seen yeah. this movie. No, and I like I like the noir comedies and things where double people everyone double crosses each other. But mm-hmm. uh, this got pretty pretty rough reviews. I guess there's some kind of mini mini cult people like it, but no, mm. I don't know. Defend it in the comments, people. Do you like Goodbye Lover? Tell us about it. Well, then they can also they should probably come to defend Cookie's Fortune, a movie I saw and don't remember anything about. It sounds super familiar. To it's me. an Altman movie, right? Ah, yep. Cookie's Fortune. Uh, what have we got in here? Patricia Neal, uh, Charles Dutton, Rock, uh, Chris O'Donnell, Liv Tyler, Julianne Moore, and Glenn Close star in Cookie's Fortune. When the town's nuttiest woman gets whacked. There's blood everywhere red like the coral that the fishers have found. Hold on just a minute. Discovering who done it. What's going on? They broke in the door and they got one of her guns. She was shot. Is going to be murder. Watch what? You back up. Back out. From acclaimed filmmaker Robert Altman. I cleaned every one of them guns, so my prints must have been on all of them. Anybody see you clean them? I did. You did not. Director of The Player, Shortcuts, and MASH. Lester, who are all these people? Glenn Close, Juliet. love for Popeye in that shit? Man, how the fuck... How the fuck does a Robert Altman movie... There's no good trailers for a Robert Altman movie. Yeah, that's... It's they're even difficult to describe even now. I totally I'm I know I saw this. My dad's a huge Altman fan, mm-hmm. so he would have demanded it. Um, yeah, but every it time compa- I try, hmm. it's interesting to compare it to Goodbye Lover, and that it's also a sort of a crime noir caper comedy. Mm-hmm. And this one, like people actually like. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten around to seeing it. Sorry. Uh, there's a lot of Robert Altman to get through, and a lot of times I don't care for his comedy. Mm. It just gets a little too crazy, wacky, over the top, but. Yeah. Hey, maybe bring the camera in. Mike this guy. <laughs> no, everyone's talking at once. That's funny. Yes. I like that. Um, sometimes it is. And then we have. But it's got that. It's got a great cast. This is fucking Robert Altman. An incredible movie. Yeah. Um, Cecilia Roth and Penelope Cruz in uh, All About My Mother. Uh, that's uh, Alma Devar. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This movie. I'm gonna is... argue. I think it might be the best Alma. No shit. Movie. I yeah. really love. Huh. I, I think, well, I, I would only say that you're right because I think this was my first. I think it was my oh. first, too. Yeah, this is this would have been the era, like, we can just see any foreign movie we want. Right. Cool. Yeah, this is a Video 21 rental for me, I yes. think. Yes, yeah. That is our hometown video store that was guaranteed to have Rest one copy of everything. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P., oh. baby. Um, a woman and her ex-husband who's trans and a nun who gets pregnant and a son thinking about his mother and it's also about like all about eve and sort of parallels that mm-hmm. and it's about all kinds of stuff obviously no good trailer because it's in spanish mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like it's all of almodovar's sort of things kind of all shoved together like all his he has like very peculiar he has 
particular things that tend to show up in his movies. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Relationships with mothers, mm -hmm. religious iconography. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, homosexuality, exploring human sexuality, appearances, like all kinds of things that are like his topics, the things he wants to talk about. Giant, and this like covers all of them. Giant vaudevillian vaginas. No, that's Abakone. My bad. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I cannot remember much about it now, but I remember like, I want to see everything this guy does forever. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. I love watching, like just visually too. Everything kind of tells a story. Oh. It's a dumb yep. thing to say, so, but you know what I mean yeah, when I say that. <laughs> I, I wish I could think of more stuff to say, except yeah. like, yeah, it's, I don't know if it's a, I guess it's a good place to start with Almodovar. I think so. I mean, I think, well, I think maybe me. I saw Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown first, mm. which is more of a straight up comedy, but also weird. Mm -hmm. So I think that helps sort of ease me into it. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Ablakane is a good place to start too, though. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good one. It was just like a one-two punch for me. And I, I I don't know why I have much fonder memories of the movie Life <laughs> starring uh, of, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. called that. It's very frustrating. It's really frustrating. <laughs> I know Sony made one a few years ago. We all thought it was a Venom prequel. But Life, uh, you thought describing the previous movie was going to be problematic. I don't... They're not, <laughs> they're not slaves, <laughs> but they're mm. chain gang guys. Mm -hmm. right. um, in, in the 1930s. Uh, but it's all about them trying to escape and uh, find some dignity in, uh, in chain gang life. The Mississippi State Prison has never been fun, but all of that is about to change. Life! No! You mean like hell? No, I ain't doing no life. Hey, boss, he ain't working. I blame you for everything. You gonna eat your cornbread. You can't have my cornbread because I'm from New York City. <laughs> This April, they're getting all there hey, is. I see you, New York City. Out of <laughs> life, rated R starts Friday, April. I don't know. I really like this fucking movie for some reason. Really? I don't know. I mean, like at the yeah. time, I I loved Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. I think in hindsight, it's it's just I it's it, I feel like I talk about Martin Lawrence like he's dead. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that he always plays a, a straight man in movies. We talked about Martin a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe that was on Laser Time, but how funny Martin was and how many these different characters he plays. And in Big Mama's house, I guess he has to, he has some fun with Big Mama, but he's always he's always playing Eddie Murphy's part in Boomerang in like every movie he's in. So mm -hmm. he's the straight man. They're like, oh, don't do that. For, like, no, man, can't Martin Lawrence be the kinetic dude for once? Eddie Murphy had softened his style for like his last 10 movies. Mm -hmm. And now it like cranks the volume all the way up. And I was like, no, no, I want to see Martin be like that. Because I was more into Martin Lawrence at this point, I guess. Mm -hmm. But other, other than yeah, that. I just, hmm. I, I, it's kind of amazing to me. This is the only movie that they've headlined together. Yeah. Martin Lawrence is in Boomerang. Yeah, I think Boomerang. Mm -hmm. Now that you mentioned it. Um, but yeah, to see like, oh man, or is, is this like passing the torch, or is this like finally we, you know, we had the team up we always wanted, mm -hmm. and it starts out. I mean, first of all, that it's starts. It's in the '30s, and it's about bootlegging, and it's a comedy for a while, mm -hmm. and then it sort of stops being a comedy. Right, right. and it's it's and, a hard and, R. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's a lot of swearing, mm -hmm. but that's it. It's just a lot of swearing. Um, and then like it's also sort of about their friendship, and it's about the abuses of the penal system and yep. racism trying to blame black dudes for whatever crime they happen to be around and how they get life and the, their appeals all fall apart and they're yeah basically slaves in all but name 
Yeah, it has it has all you the know, earmarks. And then like the escape attempts, like they they play for comedy like once right. every ten minutes or so. But so much of it is really serious. Oh, and Martin Lawrence steals that pie. Mm. Mm. Good. Oh my god, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> this is really funny. It was like, no, whites only pie, and then he goes and steals a pie because he's mad about whites only pie. This is, has all the earmarks of a project that was something completely different mm. until I'm guessing these two leads came on board. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, am I getting more congested by the second? It sounds like it. Oh, man. As if I don't have enough more shit to worry about. Uh, let's move into television before I start sneezing everywhere. Uh, April 12th to the 18th. How did we miss yeah. the debut of one of my favorite shows of all that time? Was, that was bad. That we missed But it this. was last week. Hello, I'm Jerry Blank. 32 years ago, I dropped out of high school and ran away from home. Oh, I made a lot of friends. Did a lot of time. I was a builder, a user, and a loser. I stole the TV. Did some more time. But now I'm back in school. And though the faces may have changed, <laughs> the hassles are just the same. This is this is one of my favorite shows of all time. Me too. It's, Amy Sedaris is a Goddamn national treasure. Yeah. Well, and just. She's the best. I, I fell in love with her along with Stephen Colbert, uh, Paul Danello, and I think co creator Mitch Rouse mm-hmm. in a two season Comedy Central show called Exit 57, a short lived sketch mm. comedy show. Mm-hmm. Like right when we got Comedy Central in 94. And this is their second show for Comedy Central. I think Colbert was still on The Daily Show. And uh, they co created it, and it's based on some, some shit educational film called the trip back Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like about a woman who goes through a life of crime and drug use and has to start over again and it has to tell you that every time because otherwise i'd imagine it'd be pretty jarring because they make the the relative the relative the the, the very cute amy sedaris look fucking terrible she makes the worst faces every second (laughs) all the time the wearing the worst clothes wearing the worst clothes oh my god her fucking fupa is like accentuating every <laughs> single episode but it is so funny and, and and i was going it was what one i think viacom or comedy central is like they've they've scrubbed this from youtube for the most part and i didn't have a lot of time yeah. to dig out my dvds because i love so many lines from this that oh, i say yeah. all the time so one thing you can find mm. on youtube though mm. and i didn't pull any of them because it's kind of hard to mm. translate but you can pull like compilations yeah. of uh chuck knoblet crying yeah the crying or <laughs> my daddy will never die you hear me god <laughs> yeah just like compilations <laughs> of people's um uh, signature things, ticks that they have, and that I kind of went down a rabbit All hole. All I wanted that. is the, the the sequence where Jelinek, the art teacher, and Stephen Colbert's noblet first have sex in the men's bathroom. Yes. And like, there's no so Mrs. Jelinek, uh, she d- divorced. No, she was murdered. Sometimes that can be just as hard. And like. <laughs> It's like it's so weird and surreal and shot with this this like industrial film sh- soft focus. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It is one of the most. I remember I first saw it. And like this is ugly and I don't like it. But it was it was under the radar. One of the most offensive things I've ever seen on television. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, and and it even holds up. The only like this is not my favorite clip. It was just like the only thing I could get that could emphasize. Uh-huh. Strangers with Candy Stone because mm-hmm. it's always very serious. Jerry, Jerry always learns the wrong lesson. She learns a lesson at the yep. end of the episode. Uh, this is a clip where Chuck Knob with Stephen Colbert is asking Amy Sedaris, "Is Jerry Blank 
uh, who's back in school after 20, 30 years, uh, to go undercover to rat on a student. Jerry, can I speak to you for a moment? Oh, I gotta leave early today. I have to have my uterus scraped. I brought a note. I know, I read the note. We, we all read the note. <laughs> Principal Blackman has asked me to speak to you about Kimberly Timothy. My locker mate? Yes. We suspect she may be retarded. Oh? And we were hoping you could keep an eye on her. Let us know if she does anything retarded. But Jerry, be careful. If she suspects anything, she may fly into a rage where she would have the strength of an ape and no remorse. <laughs> Yay! I'm telling you, like, like I, it didn't even hit me at the time. This is this is so much worse than South Park in, ter <laughs> in terms of its tone. And also, Stephen Colbert in that episode narrates a book about said subject as Wilford Brimley, and it's the mm, best. Mm. And uh, let's also not forget uh, Principal Onyx Blackman is yes. one of the greatest TV characters of all the time. And a professional roller skater. Yes. It's just the best thing in the <laughs> world. seven-foot black dude who can skate backwards. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. amazing. I, I love this show so much. So I good. Like, think about it. Yeah. Uh, often uh, mm -hmm. because it is so weird and it was brought to me by one of my best friends Darby hi mm -hmm. Darby and she's like ugh, we just quote it constantly it's me just too. so good there's so many good mm -hmm. out of context lines that are so perfect especially Chuck Chuck it made me this is where I fell in love with Stephen Colbert oh yeah like before the mm -hmm. Colbert report and like just because every the way he like poorly punches on a calculator mm -hmm. and like takes his glass off terribly the way all the, starts here when he like wants to talk to her so he pauses and he puts his leg high up <laughs> on the desk like props his leg in a casual way high up on the desk it's so good just the, the scene will open anybody who doesn't not want to fail the math quiz raise your hand and you shall fail as you request it <laughs> and, <laughs> Jerry, and then the scene starts. It's yeah. like all weird shit like that. I love it. Uh, yeah, I think I think this might. I'm. It might be time for for a binge rewatch for me. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's been quite a while since I sat down and watched a whole bunch of it, and it's not that hard to binge. There aren't that. There's what like thirty episodes. Yeah, or three seasons, ten lot. episodes, and yeah. and that's that's yeah. the weird thing about it. Like I think its cult status would have lived forever, mm -hmm. except that they got to make a movie. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't mm. good. Yeah, it's one but. of those instances of like, um, I, I've seen a bunch of my favorite shows make cult movies, mm -hmm. but they don't repeat all the jokes from the show, right. which the movie yeah. does. And it recasts Aww. her brothers. Chris, it's like Chris Pratt's first role. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> speaking of the Parks and Rec stuff, we all lost last week. Well, um, yep. maybe instead of watching the movie, then you should check out At Home with Amy Sedaris because yeah. it is no, so good yeah. too. Yeah. Good in a different way, but oh man, it's fantastic. Yeah, man. I don't know what I don't know what what lights her fire. She is one of the weirdest ladies ever, and I'll I'll participate in anything that she's I, in. That I have she, her books. I like read every New Yorker article that she is writes or is the subject of her David Letterman spots. Like she's just a genius. She's the best. They made a book called Wigfield. Do you ever read that? I haven't. I, I haven't oh, read yes. it yet. I have it. Oh. Uh, Wigfield is one of the few books I said the audiobook is is the most. Oh great. shit. Oh, really? I just need to get that. Because they, yeah. they, they do photo shoots where they dress as all the characters from the the, the little town that could but just may not yeah um yeah, yeah it's difficult yeah, the to audiobook they they do all the voices so if you wanted to hear what that satan worshiping stripper named raven sounds like turns out it sounds like stephen colbert doing a weird voice <laughs> <laughs> i'm into that 
So good. And and uh, if you're a big Strangers with Candy fan, I'll just say the, the only thing I see on YouTube that I go back to like once a year is this is so old. Is these uh, no one's really uploaded anything for a while. It's a Brokeback Mountain trailer parody with <laughs> Jelly Neck and Noblet, and it's it's <laughs> yes. wonderful. Yeah, I love that. I love some uh, of that. Back when we were making a bunch of those. Moving on to what you're all here for, uh, <laughs> the Jack Bull <laughs> the TV Jack movie. Bull TV movie. Well, we got more John Cusack, but now he's in a western. Yeah, uh, and when I pulled he's this, not holding up a boombox. He's going to get some horse thieves. Yeah. This promo. Okay. All mm. right. Just you should just. Play. I hope it's a clip of someone snoring. <laughs> Strong, proud, Marlboro, graceful. In the West, horses are a man's livelihood, <laughs> and you don't mess with a man's livelihood. Mary horse. What did you do to my horse? I left you with well-fed and healthy horses, and I want them back that way. Get your horses and get. I'm delivering a notice of law on you. You got seven days to answer it. Seven days or I'm coming for you. Okay. It just sounds like a man in love with his horses. Yes. Like how many times can we say horses in this trailer? When the right man meets the right horse. Oh, man. A man loves his horse. Mm-hmm. And on the 14th of April, the Naked Chef debuts. Is that a real yeah. thing? Jamie Oliver. The, the a, guy who just did the thing in the WWE? It's John Oliver. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, no, Jamie Oliver is a charming British chef that um, he's kind of famous now for bringing attention to how terrible our uh, children's school lunches are. Mm. Um, but yeah, he kind of got, he got his start with like a show where he made, he would take like situations where you wanted to cook for a group like let's say i think like when the first episode was like a hen party which huh? is a bachelor party <laughs> oh. like this is how we're gonna this is the type of food you would cook for that and he's very mm. cute so i think that also kind of is yeah. part of it for him that helped that helped and on uh the 13th of april mtv sif Lanali concludes to which i respond the with fool. i'm like yeah whatever so <laughs> Whatever we had, like th- that might be the show. That, like, I think this was enough. I love Siflin Ali, yeah. but like, I'm not sure I, it, what would have done with another three years on the air. Yeah. Um, and on. I don't know. I mean, there's some shows that yeah, a little bit more would be nice. Just yeah, a little bit. Uh, two seasons. Come on. Yeah, I know. Two seasons of like five episodes. Um, well, and the video games are even worse. Uh, <laughs> Warzone. Warzone 2100. Okay. I don't know if it's a sequel. It's published by IDOS. It's a slow week for games, people. What can I say? It's April. Um, But let's get out of the 90s. Let's leave the 90s and head into 2009. To take you out, little Tal Bachman. She's so high, you know this song, even if you think you don't. Yeah, you know this song. Uh, You definitely know this song. Uh, Stay right there. See if you recognize this song from 2009. I know where I belong and nothing's gonna happen. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? 
then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. And I just like, sometimes I go like, man, you know, if I just fixed one pothole, I would have done more for my community than 13 years of reporting on video games I've done for them. You yeah, know? you feel that way, but it's also like the you're, you are part of a, of a system of little things that do give people joy, but the only but the parts of it you primarily see are the parts that give them an identity, which makes people mad. Yeah, that, what? Tyler, I'm years. I'm 11 years of podcasting every week. Yeah, of mainly of of getting a little bit of praise and getting a lot of people who hate you. Like it does it does take a little bit of a toll. I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've changed as a person because of the overwhelmingly negative feedback. All, all of our work gets yeah. and that's why I'm in therapy so <laughs> yeah I think I think you you changed something something in you got hurt or broke during a big event that happened and I saw it I think that I think that had a, a more but it also but it, but it happened to me too but you were more directly involved yeah I think this I think I brushed off the effect of that uh, if you don't know what we're talking about uh, I don't know Google my name <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. All the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of April 12th through 18th, uh, I, got, I got a couple recommends. Uh, let's start with uh, 50 years ago, 1969, uh, April 17th saw the release of the Maisel Brothers Salesman, which I guess, uh, honestly, like the vast majority of you, of you, if you know it at all, it's because Documentary Now did a nice parody about traveling uh, globe salesmen. But it's an interesting slice of life kind of documentary. They're they're really known for documentaries where they just sort of sit back and film what is happening. In fact, we'll be talking about uh, the Maisels, another Maisels project uh, when we get to 2009 uh, with an HBO movie that I quite liked. But actual recommend I have to make this week is April 12th, 1979, at least in the US, marks the 40th anniversary of the first Mad Max release. Fuck yeah! Um, I love all the Mad Max movies, even the third one that some people don't care for as much. I like a lot of its ideas. I like Tina Turner as being the queen of the future, and uh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, the first Mad Max, I don't know what to say, except it's probably different than what you're thinking. Everything about Mad Max you're thinking of is probably more Road Warrior than the first Mad Max, which is just sort of a cheapy cop movie that then turns into a cool revenge chase movie. Um, but it's really cool, and uh, George Miller, the director, made it pretty much because he was an ER doctor and he saw the horrible injuries people were getting off of motorcycles, and he decided, let's put on a show, <laughs> and we'll make a movie out of horrible, horrible car accidents. And he turned out to be uh, just an amazing director all around. I still say that Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best movies of the last 10 years, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. So, uh, yeah, that's it for this, the, the 
that's my recommend for this week. Uh, let's go with Mad Max, or, you know, honestly, let's just go with any of the Mad Max movies, but especially the first one. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. The 2009 with Panic Switch by uh, of a swoon by the Silver Sun Pickups. I know if you're like me, you were listening to music primarily through rock band and guitar heroes. So you definitely heard this song. Uh, welcome to 2009, April 12th to the 18th. Uh, new releases for music include Forever in a Day by Day 26, Little White Lies by Fastball, uh, Whatever Gets You Off by The Last Vegas, and Songs of Shame by Woods. Stay tuned for more Songs of Shame on Laser Time. Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas is obviously still number one. It will be for so long. And a little bit of news that, um, oh, I added this one. <laughs> um, 2009, on the 12th, three Somali pirates are killed in a sniper operation authorized by President Barack Obama, uh, freeing one Tom Hanks, Captain Phillips, and ending a multi-day standoff between the United States Navy and the pirates. Wow. That I that's I you would think that story is much older yes. given that the movie is yeah. now five years old. But they made that movie. That was that it was a crazy a fast turnaround. Quick turnaround for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how Tom Hanks does it now. If I'm playing a real person, it's got to happen last year. Mm. Uh, movies of 2009. Movie I don't know anything about. Nicole Bear, Bahari, Tim Blake Nelson, mm-hmm. Will Will Patton, Michael O'Keefe. Exhibit Rock is back. Charles Dutton and uh, Alfre Woodard, American Violet. What's happening in Melody is happening all over our country. Drug task forces use military tactics to terrorize poor people. Hey, Daryl. Figured I better come get the girls. You know D got custody. D's in jail. Meanwhile, federal money goes to the counties that convict the most people, and plea bargains are aggressively pushed to hasten those convictions. If you don't take the plea, we will prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. 16 to 25 years. I can't do that. I mean, what am I going to do about my kids? Oh, oh, this looks heavy as fuck, but uh, probably mm-hmm. ahead, of, <laughs> ahead of its time that no one was talking about this shit yeah. uh, back in 2009. Um, yeah, this one, like, it played different festival circuits, and everyone was like, this is important and really well done. It mm-hmm. looks and great. Like, no one got to see it, and I think I'm going to go watch it now. I, I ran out of time before mm-hmm. I could watch it this time, but, yeah, about sort of the prison industrial complex and how getting arrested or suspected of something can fuck up your whole life. <sighs> no kidding. Even if you didn't do shit. But because of the militarized police force and this failed war on drugs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. That looks really well done. Yeah, based I, on I a true story. that out. Yeah. All right, what about uh, Gooby? Uh, oh, wow, that's some fuck no. Wild... No. Is this what? the little Is yellow thing? animated? Um, no, I thought this was animated too, but uh, no. You know what? Just just, just see the trailer and take a look at what Gooby is okay. and just describe it. For every childhood, there is one time, one adventure, and one friend who makes it all come true. For Willie, that time is now, and that friend is Gooby. I love you, Willie. There's a whole section of candy that looks just like me! Gooby. Because everybody needs a friend. Oh, this looks... This looks 
filmed uh, on a, like it's filmed on a subterranean budget. Like everybody, everyone who's in the film is all part of this, a fan of the same religion or something like that. This looks like uh, why is Robbie Coltrane and Eugene Levy movie? in this? This yeah. looks like a movie from like Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah it, looks, <laughs> it looks like it well, looks... Robbie Coltrane voices Scooby, and Eugene Levy will show up to anything if there's a paycheck. That's true. Him, but um. I really only know about this from How Did This Get Made because they kept screaming about how terrifying Gooby is. Mm. It looks awful. It's true. I thought it, it, he, he was looks going like to he, murder the child. He looks point. like the bear giving that guy a blowjob in The Shining. Yes. The As dog. Exactly. Excuse me. I was thinking like he looks like Five Nights at Freddy's. Also that, right. yes. I don't know which one I'd rather oh get my, yeah. from. Yeah, he's a, a giant bear monster thing. It's like, hi, kids, I'm Gooby. And it's like, yeah. Dude, Gooby. <laughs> Somebody kill Gooby, and and why is Hagrid <laughs> voicing him? He's still working right now. Oof. Oh. Uh. Uh, what about Sonomre, Diana? Don't make me read this cast list. Not okay, well, roll my make R's. you read the giant list of Mexican actors. Uh, Sinombre uh, is really good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel bad I haven't seen it since uh, I watched it ten years ago. Um, it is a very timely story about drugs and gangs and immigration and stuff. Uh, from yeah, someone trying to get out of MS-13, and uh, it's really, really well done. Uh, and it's directed by, I think it's the first movie by Kerry Joji Fukunawa, who did uh, all the best shit in the first season of True Detective oh. and Beast of No Nation, and is going to do the next James Bond movie. What? Cool. Yeah. Holy shit. So, oh yeah, yeah. Danny Boyle stepped down. Whew. Yeah, he stepped out. I'm bummed. I wanted to see that. But yeah, Sin Nombre, uh, yeah, if you want to watch... Um, Sometimes a uh, very, very tough movie about uh, Mexican gangs. Uh, I recommend it. Mm. Okay, and a movie I will never see. Mm. <laughs> but a big cast, uh, Jeff Daniels, Viola Davis, uh, Jason Bateman, Robin Wright Penn, Rachel McAdams, Helen Mirren, Ben Affleck, and Russell Crowe in State of Play. When the story, who might have wanted Sonya dead? Reveals a conspiracy. This girl was double agent. Keep your friends close. Trust no one. And your enemies closer. But only if you can tell them apart. This is as connected as it gets. State of play. Oh, wow. <laughs> Usually I'm up for these kinds of espionage, complicated, whatever. Body do blues. But this they, one. Uh... They don't make movies like this anymore. You know why? Because they call They're... them podcasts. Yeah. That's what these are now. <laughs> these cons- SP- yeah. conspiracy oh. crime capers. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a while since we've yeah. seen one in theaters. You're it's true. Right. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I watch this because it's an adaptation of a miniseries, which always puts me on I, edge. That was my first yeah. joke, that it, sh- it seems like something we would see nowadays in a miniseries. Yeah. And probably tell the story yeah, in a more was. satisfying way. Yeah, yeah. Amazon's and doing a lot of those. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's a political thriller where Russell Crowe, okay, first math makes no sense because Russell Crowe and Ben Affleck were college roommates. No. There was an eight-year difference there. Um, Russell Crowe, especially because of the hair, looks just like Eddie Vedder, and he is a reporter, um, and Ben Affleck is a congressman, and then they get wrapped up in a conspiracy where he has he had a girlfriend and the girlfriend was murdered, and oh no, what are we going to do? And the paper's in trouble, and we got to write this story, and- it's perfectly average as a journalism thriller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we let Russell Crowe become a movie star so fast? Uh, I mean, like two good movies. It's so weird. Mm. I, um, I mean, we're going to talk about one of his better ones uh, later this year for 99. But yeah, it was merely competent. It's fine. It's like the kind of thing you'd watch on a plane and be like, oh, it was all right. 
and it's just it's very forgettable. And though. you'd never it was well made, you, but forgettable. If you liked it on a plane, I bet you a hundred dollars you could never remember the title. Right. It's so boring, <laughs> yeah. so lame. Uh, not as boring and lame as uh, the next movie. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, Amy Adams, Emily Blunt, Alan Arkin, Steve Zahn, Marilyn Reskeb, and uh, Sunshine Cleaning. You think you can make a ton of cash cleaning up after dead people? You don't have a job, and do you really want to live with dead for the rest of your life? All we have to do is go in there and throw everything away. Oh my god. I think it just takes a little getting used to. Great, now we're gonna have to clean that up too. We took all that stuff away, we made it better. The girls have gone into their own business. Sunshine cleaning. Since 1963. It gives us a sense of stability. People like that. It's a lie. Yeah, but it's a, it's a business lie. It's not the same as a life lie. <laughs> yeah. Alan Arkin could make is, anything great. This is a very charming, yeah. cute little movie. Oh, I didn't like it. But, uh, you didn't? I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like I, I didn't love Little Miss Sunshine. It's the same people who made Little Miss Sunshine, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, which I, same producers, maybe? Or yeah. filmmakers. I forget. Whatever. Which I thought it was they weird. They like the word sunshine. I know. And the, the, the uh, yellow poster. Mm. But uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember it at all. I I remember it being very charming. I love the the um, the idea of exploring this kind of job where it is someone's true job to pick to clean up after someone who kills himself or or dies in a circumstance where it is a messy situation or there's no one out left. You know, they don't have family to clean up after them. That is a very interesting concept to me as a career. And I I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was cute. And I'll, it's full of charming people. How could you not like it? Yeah, I, yeah. Cute is the right word. Yeah. It's it's cute. In the same, it, it's also sort of like it's no one's favorite movie. It's just sort of this is competent. I enjoyed this. An hour and a half later, I've forgotten about it mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. Which yeah, oh. these are two just competent but unremarkable movies. <laughs> As opposed, and to then the, we have the next one, the next oh, film, boy. which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Stop. Oh well, yeah. Agreed. Well, I like. No, I agree. This movie's fantastic. It is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, Amy Smart and Jason Statham in uh, Crank High Voltage. My name is Chef Chelios, and today I didn't die. They gave you an artificial heart? Keep your body electrically charged to keep it pumping. Jason. You got one hour. Anyone else? Skin on skin contact creates static electricity. You would be so dead by now. I know how this game works. Those things aren't designed for strenuous activity. Yes, here come the boys from the south. <laughs> wow. Uh, Crank. Crank. Chev Chelios, one of the greatest characters of all time. Uh, the sequel to, to 2006's Crank. Really one of, the, one of my favorite movies ever made. It's so good. It's so it's much hilarious. fun. And, and just what makes it so good is that it is a, it has a student film spirit mm-hmm. with a Hollywood budget. And if you didn't know how they made the first one and this one, it's it. I guess GoPros are a thing uh, at this yeah, point. But they, they just bought like the nicest camera you could buy at like a Best Buy. Yeah, they would break them and then like run to the store and buy more cameras. And they would hold a build a rig, and the director would roller skate backwards, or they'd like tie themselves to the hood of their cars and mm-hmm. drive after someone. So like it has this kind of amazing like kinetic man on the street feel. But in this movie. The last movie you thought was absurd, and they, they the only reason I don't love this as much because they really do crank up the absurdity. Uh-huh. That scene yeah. where they well, shoot they up the... Well, they know it's a sequel. They're, they're going to have to go bigger. Yeah. I mean, the first one, 
the whole point is uh, he's going to die if he doesn't keep doing really dangerous, exciting if things. If he <laughs> doesn't kick up his adrenaline like what every like mm-hmm. 15 minutes, his heart will stop and he'll die. So mm-hmm. he has to do something extreme and ridiculous every couple of seconds, whether that means hooking up his tongue to a car battery or raping Amy Smart. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean pressuring her let's be nice let's pressuring her to have sex in public in front of a van full of tourists sure to get whatever. that adrenaline up um he's gonna yeah, die he's gonna die otherwise now this time um they hilariously pick up exactly where they left off he previously fell out of a helicopter <laughs> like four hundred thousand uh, feet in the air four hundred thousand feet uh, left a phone call for his girlfriend on his way down mm-hmm. and then this one they pick up right where they left off by getting uh, a snow shovel and just just spatulating him off the street Throwing him in a van and like, well, if your heart could take that, we're going to steal it. So they steal his heart this time. So he has no heart. Wow. And (laughs) then at some point they shoot up a strip club and their boobs explode with silicone as an automatic weapon rips through them. It's one of the most ridiculous things ever. And it shocks me that these two directors have not made much sense. Mm -hmm. They made, uh, they went on to make Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, one of the least remarkable Marvel movies of all time. I really, really had high hopes for that. That was a perfect project for them and it it did not go as crazy it needed to go. Yeah, I have a feeling, I have a feeling there was too much at stake for them to go like completely go nuts and a lot more effect shots. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, a really weird supporting cast of like, what's his name from Always Sunny? Oh, yeah, uh, that guy. AP Bio, Glenn Howerton, and mm-hmm. Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> um, but who are these guys' names? What are they? Brian Taylor and Mark uh, Neveldine. But yeah, the, Neville the, Dean. they're yeah. literally skating around on roller skates and shorts shooting this film and, and holding a giant rig of prosumer like web cameras mm-hmm. essentially to film it all. And, and you can totally see it. They put, I think, in the, they put cameras in RC cars and just wreck the shit out of stuff. And it's just, it's never, there's nothing boring about this movie and it's it'll put a smile on your face man it rules yeah it's just uh i mean my husband compared it to sort of like of it's kind of a video game movie in that it's like if the stupid shit you did in a video game was in a movie in real life like a little bit getting a shotgun dipping it in oil and sticking it up a guy's ass to threaten him <laughs> sure that sounds like something that yeah it's like yeah. right up there with teabagging someone you would do that in a video game but here it's part of the movie also sometimes it seems like they all know they're in a movie like he'll right. sing along he'll like whistle along with the music in the background mm-hmm. but it's not music he should be able it, to hear mm-hmm. uh also they have sex in the middle of a racetrack during okay race. yes. that was the part that i remember yes. that we watched over here that one <laughs> yeah, night it's hard to and forget that i was we, like, just, we just watched that scene well, why would I, I put on that scene just for you? I don't know, but it was just on. I Do you think. like horses? <laughs> Do you like sex? Do you like Amy Smart? It's <laughs> not uh, what you're thinking. Not in that combination. It's <laughs> not what you're thinking. You can go back to the Jack Bull for that kind of yeah, horseshit. No, no, I do remember that part. And yeah, yeah, yeah. those those both crank movies are just so fucking fun. Yeah, really, and it's not only like I, I so so goofy. You're right. It's like a combination of like uh, watching someone play a video game plus Jackass, yeah, plus uh, like Fast and Furious or something. Yeah, it's not only that I, I did I think. I, I, I thought that these guys would go on to direct like everything I loved. I thought more movies would end up looking like this mm-hmm. slash it would inspire people to make films. Because mm-hmm. like if you watch the behind yeah. the scenes features, like this is all within your reach, making these action sequences that you think are really expensive. Uh, and they are. They're intentionally more expensive than what you could do 
uh, with your own budget. But like, it's it's still it's still awesome, and I think inspiring. So check it out if you're yeah. a youngling crank crank or crank two. Yep. Oh, also, you know, I I was trying to remember. Wait, one of these guys went on to do something I've been watching, and it's uh, Vatican happy tapes. On, oh, no, happy on, happy on sci-fi that just came back oh, for yeah. the second season. I've been wanting to it's check that very out. similar in that it is. Uh, there's an awful lot of laughing because you can't believe they did something so horrible, like blowing up nuns or making Santa a serial killer. Okay, I cool. love the comic, and I have fallen asleep on three watches of the first episode, and I, I don't. It's always late at night. Yeah, I mean, no offense to the show. Uh, oh, yeah. and I'm getting your reference from earlier because the number one movie at the box office this week was uh, not Crank because there's no justice in the world, people. <gasps> no. It is what I call Bad Big. Uh, 17 again, starring Matthew Perry, Zac Efron, Leslie Mann, Thomas Lennon, and Michelle Trachtenberg. Mike thought his best years were behind him. The kids want nothing to do with you. Can you turn down the... He's getting a second chance. You best him. To get things right. This is my chance to have my life over. Ooh. If that boy were an apple, it'd be a delicious. My daughter has a boyfriend? Why are you dating him? He's bullying your little brother. Who do you think you are, my father? Oh! It, it's, it's, it's time for 302010s every five, five episode body swap movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, you do have a lot yeah. of them. I, I did the math. This is the fifth one, but it's the first one we've had not in the 80s. All right, okay. all right. Okay. And, yeah. I, and and people love this. I've even read, I remember reading reviews like, this is not bad. Like, I know, you, we know why you want to hate this movie. I feel like I watched it, and I didn't mm-hmm. hate it, but I also didn't like it. Right. Um, it's not that he's a body swap, though, right? He yeah. just becomes 17 again. Look, Matthew Perry yeah, becomes Zac Efron. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. how, how did his daughter <laughs> not recognize him? Oh, because he well, de-aged? No, I mean, I they know. try to cover it. I actually watched this. Okay. I can't believe I did this to myself. Okay. But I actually watched this. And uh, yeah, his his soon-to-be ex-wife, Leslie Mann, is, he just shows up pretending like, I'm a friend of your son's. And she's just like, gosh, you look so much like my ex used to look like. Hmm. And then just drop it as opposed to being kind of weirded out. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. It really. And doesn't. also, you're hanging out with my son. And also, you seem to know a lot about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, wouldn't you? Yep. Why would you go on living if you spent the first twenty years of your life looking like Zac Efron and then turn into Matthew Perry? I mean, like nothing yeah. makes sense anymore. I was given nothing that life promised me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not that's so. Ridiculous. Yeah, so he. That's exactly it. That he he grabs this opportunity again. He doesn't want to go back. He's like, fuck yeah, I can go back and get things right instead of like fucking up the big game and running off with my girlfriend. I can stay in the big game and get a college scholarship and my life will be better. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a different way. He doesn't want to go back. He wants to enjoy this. Mm. And then he realizes like, oh, his kids are having trouble and he becomes like trying to impress, trying to uh, make his kids' lives a little bit better. He realizes maybe that's why I'm here. Maybe that's why magical Brian Doyle Murray made me look like <laughs> Zac Efron now. <laughs> but told- man... Doing this show has ruined one thing for me because this movie mm-hmm. opens in 1989. So 20 oh. years from back from this movie. And uh, it's like a little musical number. and does a little dance. And uh, his coach calls him Vanilla Ice. And he does a little hammer dance. And I'm like, those are both from 1990. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, I fucking hate Also, uh, they have Margaret Cho teaching sex ed. And they waste that opportunity. Oh, come on. Really? I'd watch that whole movie. That just needs and, to be a movie. Uh, the end. 
But then the end credits show all the cast and stuff in their high school photos, just like Never Been Kissed did, like Aww. two weeks ago. That's cute. So it kind of all comes together and stuff. <sighs> yeah. This upset my dog. Yeah. It's okay, Steve. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I guess, a little less stupid than I was expecting, but it was still not not great now. All right. Well, mo- moving into television, which is pretty okay this week. Yeah. Pretty okay, because 30 Rock, mm-hmm. 30 Rock, uh, April 12th through the 18th, on the 16th, 30 Rock debuts Jackie Jorp Chomp. Yeah. Which is what the... We're all here at Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> Someday there'll be a black president. Mm. Yeah, it's a classic. It's not Jimi Hendrix who plays the saxophone. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Jane Krakowski's character is trying to get a... Um, what's the singer? Part? Janis Joplin. Janis Joplin, thank you. A Janis Joplin movie off the ground and can't quite get the rights to her life, so instead she's she's portraying Jackie Dormtromp. <laughs> and there's some great songs that go along with that where it's, it's like Bobby McGee, but it's not... <laughs> It's pretty great. Had a hard time finding a good clip that I could pull from uh, from YouTube, but definitely check the episode out. Yeah. It's a classic. Yep. And, and uh, you missed last week when we lost the third segment of the episode, us about 20 minutes heaping praise on Parks yeah. and Rec. Man. Uh, and since so then, I've just been binging the whole thing because it's all on Netflix. And yep. it's amazing how fast that show is on its feet in like three episodes. Right. It's I think true. even this episode, because I was able to get like a clip I remembered vividly, and I just watched it for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. And it's canvassing where they're going door to door because they work for a parks <laughs> and rec department, uh, trying to get people to show up to a town hall meeting to mm-hmm. make a park, which. They do eventually do after like seven years of the yeah. show. Eventually. Uh, uh, but I just like this part. This is, what's his name? The guy who disappears in the fourth season in uh, Aubrey Plaza and right. Aziz Ansari. Yeah, a park, huh? That sounds like a really good idea. Great. Would you be willing to come to a town meeting and show your support? Absolutely. Now, is this park going to have a playground or you know, maybe a pool for the kids? Oh, uh, how old are your kids? No kids. Uh-oh. I'm going to put him down as a yes. Don't do that. Also, is the park going to be at least 1,000 feet from my house? Because, yeah, I really can't move again. April, please stand behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love this show so much. (laughs) All the best dialogues off camera anyway. The Parks and Rec clips work so well in a podcast. It's true. Mm. So if you haven't started yours already, do it. Uh, it really did just blow me away to realize, like, so many things that I thought happened over years just all happened in the second season yeah and just the show is exactly what it's going to be and it just nails it right it's just like a little bit where it's just a little bit shaky and they're just putting all their pieces together and then it just starts freaking going yeah mm-hmm. i think the God office the office kicks in in the second season and mm-hmm. this i would say yeah. kicks in the second episode like yeah. in the high gear absolutely it's good. yeah it's good it's so good and uh and speaking of good Xavier Renegade Angel uh, has its finale in Adult Swim, which Good. is, dude, Diana, get get a little high and, and go back in to the John Lee Vernon Chapman creation, the people who brought you wonder shows and bring you this weird, mystical, roaming kung fu angel. It's intentionally jarring and ugly, but it is jam-packed with jokes and is really funny and, and apparently like has hit a resurgence on the internet. So like people have... Yeah. After it was canceled, people have discovered it, not unlike Wonder Shows, and, and they dig it. It is it is it is real fun. And if you if you burn, please, please give Xavier Renegade Angel a watch. 
Um, and finally, on the 18th of April 2009, Grey Gardens, an HBO movie yeah. starring Drew Barrymore and Jessica Lange. I have not seen this. Did they treat this like a documentary? No. Well, okay. yes. I mean, this is a docudrama, and just to make it confusing, you know, it's got the same title mm-hmm. as the actual documentary mm-hmm. about uh, Jackie Kennedy's uh, cousin and aunt and their the Bouviers problems. <laughs> yes, they're yeah. they're living in a crumbling mansion um, in kind of yeah. a fantasy world of their own making. It's very yeah, strange. That there's a lot of crazy. cats and a lot of raccoons yeah. and a lot of very important fashion tips. Yes. Uh, about how you can wear this sweater inside out on your head mm-hmm. as a turban or maybe pin it as a cape. Yep. Um, but but it, this is kind of the like before it got to that point. It covers oh, really? more back story of, yeah, what they were like when they were part of society. They were like society matron and you know and she did the mom wanted to big Edie. the mom wanted to have like a little singing career and the younger daughter little Edie was like you know a debutante and she was going to maybe go into acting or something and then uh they just start kind of driving each other crazy and they become more and more isolated and mm-hmm. both actresses especially drew barrymore does an amazing job because they're both playing difficult characters that if you've seen the documentary Grey Gardens, mm-hmm. you know, they're very, very particular. Mm-hmm. They have odd ways of speaking mm-hmm. and moving, and they both fucking nail it. It's phenomenal. And I actually saw this before I saw the documentary. Really? And oh, wow. which is a weird choice, I know. Um, the documentary but, came out before you were born. I yeah. Think. So, like, yeah, I too. tracked the documentary down after I watched but this. But the, the documentary it is uncanny. Is, it is a must watch. If only to get more jokes in documentary now. Yes, I was just about it's, to say that too. It's so well, great. Yeah, it's their oh very God. first episode, and it's why I started jumping up and down when I saw they were going to yeah. do a Grey Gardens parody. It's so... Like, There's a show now, I get a whole Grey Gardens episode. It's made for me. This show is just called Here, Diana. Here you go. And yep. then HBO made a fictional prequel to that documentary. Yeah. Fascinating. It is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. With a, a documentary that also has a sequel documentary. Return to Grey Gardens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, But here's here's a clip from the Grey Gardens HBO movie out this week. We'd like to do a movie just about you and your mother. Well, mother and I are very entertaining. That's true. She was gorgeous. Edie had everything. I'm going to New York, mother. Stay here. You know I'd be lost without you. It's very difficult to keep the line between the past and the present. Your trust won't last forever. The only way I'm ever leaving Grey Gardens is feet first. You stuck me in this damn world! If you're stuck, Edie, it's only with yourself. I was the golden girl. I'd have become first lady and not you. I wish it had been you. God, these accents are so weird, but they're they're pitch perfect to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Those weirdo Bostonian Jackson accents with this... The, the younger daughter, what, she can't grow hair or something like that? Is like never really leaves the yeah. house. So she mm-hmm. talks, she, like her only frame of reference for the world is her mother. Mm-hmm. So speaks in like yeah. weird 1940s accents with a mix of JFK. It's very strange. It's bizarre and, and it's just truly fascinating. Yeah. They, they, they yep. can't both still be alive. No. No, no they both passed. Okay, good. Let's make fun of them then. Uh, it's a wonderful <laughs> train wreck. Um, yeah, Grey Gardens. I don't know. Is a movie worth watching? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all worth watching. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Even I mean, even watching the the documentary Grey Gardens can be mm-hmm. tough because there is a point where it's like, oh my god, you guys shut up! 
Yeah. <laughs> shut up. Oh my like, god. You're trapped in this movie with like the two most annoying people possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The mom to... is very shrill. And yeah. <laughs> you're just like, oh my god, shut up. And it's some ways and, like, too. And like this gives a little more. It kind of helps you. It's a little easier to watch. A little more context. And yeah. sometimes the documentary is a little bit like, is this exploitative? Like, what are we really yeah. looking at here? She Definitely two be people who have some issues, but it's it's. Have some issues. No electricity corner. in this mansion. Is that how they were living? They were stealing water, uh, or I forget which one yeah. they didn't have. They were just overrun with cats and. Oof. Yeah, the raccoons are my favorite because yeah, there's a whole scene of little lady up in the up in the attic, which is just destroyed and cats have peed on everything. And she's like, I don't know why these raccoons keep coming here. And she's dumping out like a whole bag of bread for them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They just keep coming, so I just keep feeding them. Moving into the games of 2009. Oh, such a bad week. Well, except for Dark Spire, Dokapon Journey, and a little game I always wanted to play called Outrun Arcade Online. Uh, a game that Ooh. was online in those weird days where online games were kind of new to consoles and cost a lot so it was online for about a year mm. and if that means i didn't get a chance to play it and now i never will i'll never have the opportunity because i love outrun it's one of those arcade games i hope to have one day I'm saying that because i'm pretty sure my buddy melinda is going to help me get one okay or maybe give me his um let's see about that but uh that about wraps up the show but the show's far from over everyone uh, because this show is brought to you by patreon.com slash laser time supports the whole laser time network, including video game apocalypse, which I hear Diana doesn't know she's a guest on right now. Uh, I don't. <laughs> do you know? Uh oh. Uh oh. Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to be, you're going to be a guest on the show this week. If okay. I'm not mistaken. Oh, better start cra- cramming. Because we'll be talking about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and Laser Time, which this week's talks to Mallory O'Meara about her book Lady in the Water, about Millicent Patrick, the unsung uh, denied credit lady who made goddamn Chernabog and... Uh, was that, is that a spoiler? I can't remember if I was supposed to say Chernabog, but the Wait, creature from the Black uh, Lagoon. Hold on a second. Mm. What's the name of the book? Lady from the Black Lagoon. Okay, you said Lady in the Water. Oh, my bad. No, don't watch that. No, Jesus no. Christ. Stay away from that. Whoa. No. Um, no. Uh, Lady, Lady from the Black Lagoon. And then it has a big subtitle that I don't remember. <laughs> but it's, a, it's an excellent book about someone probably a little closer to your age. And it's something I've always wondered, like, how do you track down someone who died before MySpace? Right. And like, because you you know, don't you feel like you can you have access to everything through the internet? I'm like, well, you don't, and especially if someone's been denied credit, and you're trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm. just a really interesting story. And I can't thank Mallory. She's a host of Reading Glasses. I Correct. Yeah. On, you uh, get to hear me just be a fan. Be like, remember the time that you said that thing that was so great? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it was so good. And uh, bonus time this week is uh, we we had some technical difficulties, had trouble getting it out. We have a mega-sized, very strange, but very listenable episode with just me and my old buddy Tyler Wilde. We almost ruined a podcast last week because we were having so much fun (laughs) together and have a very long and, quite frankly, frank talk about like just not only catching up on stuff but how we're moving through life now when we're in completely different situations. Oh, we we, we were roommates for a really long time. So, uh, yeah, but now we're both single men on other sides of the country. Ooh, on the prowl. Mm-hmm. Ready to mingle. It's sadder than that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've really, seen it. I've seen a, it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, in your, the comment show, Listener Strike Back edition of 302010 will be up this week as well, featuring all of your feedback 
maybe just shy of the matrix. Um, but yes, thank you for your support. Price of a cup of coffee can keep us going. Uh, Diana, who did? Uh, dead this week uh, in 1999, we lost Anthony Newley. He was only 67. I really thought he was older than that. Hmm. Um, but he was a writer, performer. Uh, I guess most people would know him best for writing all the songs from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, wow. If you want to be old paradise. Yes. Very stuffed up right now. Ugh. Uncanny. Yeah, thank you. Yep. The Musidex band. <laughs> oh. All right. But with the deaths comes the birthday quiz. birthday is a doodly doo. All right. You got a good one this week. Mm. See how long it takes you. You, you, you've been kind of shaky lately. Oh, it's been bad. It's been real bad. <laughs> I, I think I think you can take this one. All right, so. A Dame Commander of the British Empire born April 15th, 1959. So, happy 60th birthday. Does Dame uh, mean lady? She was born, okay. I got it. She was born in London, where her mom was an actress, and uh, her dad was the narrator of the Magic Roundabout. I did not know that. Magic Roundabout. Okay. Is that yeah, a, that was is a that kid's a, show. I don't think they got it here. Okay. Is that a movie or that famous roundabout? You see people in tiny cars driving around. Yes, he narrated that. He narrated, yes. Turn left, constantly. (laughs) (laughs) So she wanted to be a stand-up comedian and was in the Cambridge Footlights with Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. Uh, Wait, wait. Oh, God damn it. God damn it. Keep going, keep going. Okay. Um, Her film debut we're going to talk about this year, uh, 1989, for The Tall Guy. And um, we've already talked about Primary Colors, Last Chance, Harvey, and Pirate Radio. Emma Thompson. There you go. Bop. Because her and you, Lori, are the snotty college on the young ones. Yeah. Yes. With Stephen Fry. Exactly. And Uh, I didn't get to the next one, but I wanted to mention that she has two Academy Award wins, including one for Best Screenplay. She does? What? She does. She wrote the screenplay for Sense and Sensibility. She did? Yeah. Man, now now I... Almost want to see the movie. No, I'm just kidding. It's no, it's really good. It's, it's good. I know it's you probably good. think it's like simpering chicks in corsets being like, oh, oh, Lord Bottomsy. And it's it totally isn't. <laughs> Alan Rickman Your plays a good is guy. So big. Alan uh, Rickman plays a good guy. Really? Ooh. That alone makes it worth watching. That's impossible. She just did the clapping emoji at you. I know. In real life. Yes. I was at the audience. <laughs> in real life. Mean? Um that's it that's it for us thank you everybody this show is executive produced by Dan Strotham and many other fine people at uh, many other fine people at the patreon.com slash laser time for just five bucks you get a bunch of extra shows over a hundred movie commentaries extra videos we're hoping to bring back commentary soon and an exclusive show is in the works just for patrons uh, I promise you it's just taking a little bit taking us out will of course be Peter Gabriel's in your eyes oh so good all my they return The grand facade So soon will burn Without a noise Without my pride I'll reach out from the inside In your eyes The light, the heat Resolution of all the